Welcome back to another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight, bud? Doing good, man. Just uh, been a busy week and uh, just excited for some Alabama football tomorrow, man. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, It's been a long week. It seems like it's been forever since they, they played New Mexico State. Uh, but before we kind of give our uh, breakdown of, of what happened in that game and, and kind of what we're looking forward to tomorrow with the matchup in Columbia, South Carolina against the South Carolina Gamecocks, we do want to touch on the uh, Antonio Alfano situation that's kind of unfolded today. It's kind of been unfolding since, you know, the beginning of fall camp, really. And we've talked about it a couple times about how he's, uh, you know, he's, he's dealing with family issues. His grandmother's been sick. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for a guy that was so highly coveted coming out of high school who performed well in spring ball. I believe he had two sacks in, in the 8A game this year. So it was just, it's just kind of a, kind of a bad situation all the way around. We hope that whatever kind of happens, you know, it's, it suits him best and it's in his best interest. And uh, before I, I get Jake's opinion on, on all this, I want to I want to kind of go over uh, uh, Antonio's dad's uh, post on Twitter today, uh, mm-hmm. Frankie Alfano. And just to kind of summarize, he, uh, he, he just wanted to reach out and let everybody know that uh, – that he he that Antonio has requested to, to enter the transfer portal, um, and a lot of it has to do with his grandmother has been very ill and is fighting for her life, uh, he, and he's really close with her. and And ever since that kind of started taking place, uh, it's been tough on Antonio. And uh, he's not attending classes or practice, but but his father Frankie did mention that the University of Alabama has been extremely supportive, and I could not ask for better support. Uh, from them, and uh, he he did ask yesterday, which was uh, Thursday, to uh, to be placed into the transfer portal to see what his options are. But his dad did did add that that he would he would prefer that Antonio stay at the University of Alabama. But however, he is an adult, and it's his decision. So, uh, you know, Jake, what's what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I know we both had a lot of high expectations for Alfano coming yeah. out of high school. But kind of, you know, what do you think about the situation? Yeah, you know, when when it comes to family, you got to do what what's best for you. And uh, you know, I I I was really excited to see him, you know, on that defensive front for us uh, in, in the future. Because I mean, you know, like like you said, we've been high on him for all, you know, especially me. You know, I I was watching some of his game film in high school and. The way he could he could read the read option plays just shocked me, and that was something that you know gives out benefits uh, if they got a good quarterback and a good running back, and they do that read option against Alabama. It's you know it gives us fit. So I was happy, you know, I was ready to see him uh, defend that for us. But you know, you got to do what's best for you, especially when when you're when you have uh, problems at home, especially with your grand grandmother, uh, you know. And, and very bad health and all that. And, um, but, you know, remember, um, I'm going to bring in the basketball program in just a little bit here, but you remember we had a bunch, bunch of guys getting the transport portal and they, they stepped out after Nate Oates come in. So, I mean, that's not mean that he's going to leave. I mean, he can still come back and, um, you know, I think he can still get a red shirt if he does come back, if I'm not mistaken, since he ain't played any. So, correct, I mean, correct. Yeah, I mean, there's always that option. But, I mean, if he wants to see if he can get closer 
to home, I respect that decision 100%. Yeah, me too. I mean, like, like Jake said, when it comes to family, and we're both really close to, our, to, the, to the grandmother that we have left surviving. Yes. Uh, and, you know, if, if she, when she gets ill, I, I imagine that's going to be tough on us. But So I understand that from Antonio's perspective. And he's, he's a long way away from home. You know, like, you know most of y'all know he's from New Jersey. So uh, it, it, it has to be, you know, a lot of weight on his shoulders. And he's still a young person. So oh, yeah. I think let's, let's kind of be easy on the, on the kid for right now. Let this play out. And, and like Jake said, you know, if he, if he thinks he needs to be closer to home to be with his family, then, I mean, I have nothing but respect for that. That's fine. I mean, I, I have no problem with that. And if he wants to come back to Alabama and, and kind of go about it the right way and, uh, you know, work his way back into the good graces of the program, which it sounds like the program uh, has been supported above him, and I, I hope that's the case with, with the situation uh, at hand. And, uh, you know, just whatever Antonio decide and his family decide to do, I wish them the best, whether it's at Alabama or, or somewhere else. Exactly. I, I agree 100% with that statement, man. So, you know, with that kind of out of the way, uh, let's talk a little football now. Uh, mm-hmm. Got the big win last weekend against uh, New Mexico State, 62-10. to 10. Uh, I don't uh, – it really went about like I expected. I, I will yeah. say this. I was kind of with saving. I was pretty disappointed in the second team uh, performance. I, I don't even think we outscored New Mexico State with our second team. So mm-hmm. that that was a little, you know, and it's hard to put stock into. You know, it's 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 New Mexico State, but you still need to play hard. You still need to get after it. You still need to try to, you know, perform at your highest level. Yeah, I I didn't see that from the second team unit. Other than when Keelan Robinson busted that seventy, was it seventy three, seventy four yard touchdown run? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know that 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 kind of disappointed me a little bit, but uh, overall it was a good performance. Uh, the defense played really well, especially the first team unit. They forced a couple turnovers. That was that was good to see. Uh, and we're I know we're going to touch on it here in a minute, but uh, what about our uh, true freshman kicker? Uh, oh yeah i you know that's another guy we've been high on for a while and you know i've we've been leery to say it because i mean it seems like we have been cursed with with you know i mean we've had good talented kickers it's just something they get down there and they just can't make a field goal when we need it but but real white rocker my goodness man he he was bombing them and that one that was like 49 47 49 yards he could have made that from 60. I mean, he it went right down the middle and and had plenty of leg on. It was it was awesome to see. But yeah, um, I I agree with you. The the second team kind of kind of disappointed me. Uh, the offensive line still they're having problems, which kind of you know I I was really we was both really high on the offensive line, especially with Kyle Flood coming in. Uh, I think he'll still have time to get it together and, and get the guys ready. Really, I think when Brown gets off his suspension, comes back, I think that that will definitely be cleared up uh, for the most part. Um, he is—he's a stud on that line, and he makes some big holes when when he's in when he's in the ball game. So getting him back is be really good. Um, another thing, uh, the very first play from scrimmage, uh, we had—I think it was Rugs—just run, you know, went through the backwards pass. They end up finally calling it as the backwards pass, and. He ran ran down the sideline for a, a touchdown, seventy five yards, I believe. But 
my thing is you've got to get them wide receivers. If you can get a head starter on any wide receiver that we have, that'd be great because they they have absolute speed and nobody can catch them once they get going full force. Yeah, I mean they're all great space players. Mm-hmm. You get them the ball in space and uh, it's it's almost good night. So, uh, and it was nice to see. You know, we kind of focus. The, the the offense was kind of focused on rugs. You know, a lot yep. of that first half. But even with that focus on rugs, we still, you know, Judy still got a couple touchdown catches, and you know, done his normal Jerry Judy things. Tua done his Tua things. Yeah. And and like you mentioned, the offensive line is still a work in progress, and it's not an excuse. It's just kind of stating the fact that there's still a lot of movement on the offensive line. Landon mm-hmm. Dickerson was playing center. I don't, yeah. you know, and he come into the season as, as the third string center. But with yeah. the way things are moved around right now, with Deontay Brown still on suspension, uh, Chris Owens w- was injured and missed last week. I think he's going to be back this week. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there was still a good bit of moving in the offensive line. And so it's uh, it's still a work in progress. I, I'm, I'm with you, Jake. I think in about two or three more weeks, I think we'll know what kind of offensive line we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and another guy to, to watch out for is a true freshman, and and uh, Cole Kubik brought him up earlier this week, and Saban also brought him up. Uh, that's Darian Dalcourt, uh, the offensive lineman from uh, Maryland. Uh, yeah, he he shows a lot of promise. Uh, he's he's kind of undersized. He's only two hundred ninety two pounds right now. Of course, he's a true freshman, so you know maybe uh, against the you know the 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 bigger, tougher, stouter SEC teams, he might not be ready for that. But uh, he he he's somebody that's young on the offensive line that 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 shows some promise and and you know if if, if injuries do continue to happen or or you know he may even play himself into a spot along that starting five. Yeah, and man, I'll tell you, it's we as Alabama fans are so spoiled because I mean, usually when when a team gets down to their second or third guy on the offensive line, they're they're panicking. We we're got four and five star players in the offensive line on every in every position that we can plug in and they can play right away. I mean it's it's unbelievable the amount of talent and we talk about that all the time that is down there. I mean we can plug players and, and they just step right in and, and go for it. Yeah, I mean there's like you said, we we're spoiled and yeah. you know we, we really kind of compare we compare Alabama right now to Alabama of of past and you know mm-hmm. it's, it's always it's different teams and you got to look at it you know through clear eyes you can't have clouded judgment and it's sometimes it's hard as Alabama fans but uh I want to read the tweet real quick on on Darian the, the true freshman offensive yeah. lineman from Cole Kublik who I, I mean I know he's an Auburn guy but Cole Kublik is one of the best analysts there is out there regardless yeah. he the dude the dude is great uh but he he, uh, he tweeted September 9th he said I would not be surprised if Darren Dalcourt is in the starting center for Alabama by the end of the season. He understands angles and leverage. He uses his hand well. And when it slows down a bit for him, he can give the group some needed athleticism. And, you know, that's exactly what, you know, it, it seems like they're a little bit slow. Uh, we, we lack quickness on the offensive line. But if you look at the size of those guys, it's understandable. I mean, they're, they're all 300-plus pounds. He's yeah. massive dude. So, you know, I, I can understand the, the and like Cole said, we, we need a little bit more athleticism up front on that offensive line, and, and maybe that comes from Darian. So we'll, we'll kind of see on that. That's somebody to watch out for. Uh, and uh, it's uh, 
it wouldn't surprise me if, if he gets some snaps this Saturday at center. I know Chris Owens is back, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get a couple snaps uh, with a starting unit uh, this Saturday against South Carolina. That's something to watch out for. I was going to say, that'd be something to look, to look forward to. So, uh, with that, before we move on till tomorrow, to tomorrow's game, I do. we got to get back to our uh, our second Tide Talk player of the, of, of the week poll uh, that we tweeted out last, uh, was it Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, boys, mm-hmm. uh, The four choices were uh, Will Rocker, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Tua Tongavaloa. And Will Rocker, the freshman place kicker from Hoover, Alabama, uh, won it with 45% of the votes. It nice. really wasn't close. He won, he won 45%. Jerry Judy got 25%. Two received 20% of the votes, and Henry Ruggs received 9%. So congratulations to Will Rocker. Like, like we tweeted out, we're, we, we're sure that he is just excited about receiving this honor. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's told all his teammates, but I'm sure they already knew because they probably listened to the podcast and follow our Twitter feed. And, That's and right. Always looking for up-to-date stuff from the Tide Talk team. That's but, right. Uh, but we do appreciate all the votes, guys, and all the comments on that. Uh, young ENT replied, to that poll, you know, got to give Will Rocker some love this time. Tua, Judy, and Ruggs are always getting it. Let's hope Rocker comes through when we really need him. Absolutely. Roll tide, young man. Uh, and, oh, and our, and our beloved Jake Thomas also replied on that and says that he believes that Rocker will come in through the clutch. <laughs> hey, that's right. And we can't go without mentioning our, uh, our good friend uh, Danny at Bama Cards Pack. And uh, he, he also voted for Will Rocker, and he said it was a rock solid in his home debut. Uh, he, he had a total of 14 points, so that's great. We, we appreciate that. Uh, Kevin at Kevin, 4838-0168. Man, Kevin, you're going to have to work on that. that that's, that's too many numbers. Yeah, wait, work on that name, buddy. Yeah, you need to, you need to change that. <laughs> but uh, but he, he tweeted at us, you know, we finally got ourselves a kicker. I believe we do. Uh, Jimmy, Stric- Jimmy Strickland also replied to it. He said he's at real uh, Jay Strickland. He says, Rocker, he made two long field goals, was perfect on extra points, and most importantly had touchbacks on 9-9-10 kickoffs. So the defense had a long field to defend all day. So we appreciate all the comments on that, on the poll, guys. We appreciate the votes. Keep those coming. And like we said, we're going to do this every week, and we appreciate all, all the uh, support on that. And with that, let's kind of dive on into the South Carolina game. Uh, bad taste in our mouth from nine years ago now. That's hard mm. to believe. Nine yep. years ago. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that game sticks out to, to, to a lot of Alabama fans. And I'm not, I, I'm not sure why. It's not like it was the only game that they lost that season. It just seems to stick out more. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I had cut you off, but I think what what was bad about it was I believe the hype coming in on that team was it might have been the best team that Saban had at that current time. And I guess, you know, we just underperformed on the year, and that's what really, really hurts. Yeah, and on that point, I think at the end of that season, we were the best team in the country. Oh, yeah. I I really believe that. Just ask Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, they got trump trumped on. Man, that was that was a beat down. 
Yeah. I mean, it was such a bad beatdown that Saban was mad at Eddie Lacy for scoring a touchdown late in the game because we had we were already beating him so bad. Yep. But that that was just a. I think we injured their first their first and second string quarterback in that game. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Of course, that's been nine years ago. My my memory could be a little foggy on that, but but anyways, let's circle back to to tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a it's a big game. Uh, South Carolina, you know the you know former Saban assistant Will Muschamp's their coach, and you know he's done a pretty good job there. That's that's not an easy place to coach, you know. I mean, as good as as good as uh, Steve Spurrier was, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't always pretty there. You know, he had a, he had a few good seasons his last couple there before that that whatever happened his last year there that was yeah that, that was rough but uh it was it's not an easy place and it's not it's it's even harder right now with his with the amount of success that uh that uh well clemson's having so yeah it, it, it's it's not an easy place to coach but uh you know like like we said even the great steve Spurger only had a he he won 63% of his games, 64% of his games there. So it's not a, it's not just an easy, easy place to win. Uh, most champs 22 and 17 there right now. So, uh, and, you know, he's, he, he's, he's lost his starting quarterback, Jake Bentley. But, but last week, Ryan Helinski, the true freshman uh, from California, who was highly, highly recruited. I mean, he was, I think he was the number four pocket passer you know, on 24-7 sports. So he's a talented kid. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're not quite there yet. They, they really need another year or two yeah. uh, to, to really, you know, try to make some noise in, in the East if they even get to there. I'm not sure. It's, it's Will Muschamp's a, a weird coach to me. Is he to you? I mean, like, I feel like he should do really good. And I like, you know, I kind of like the way he coaches, but it's – I don't know. He just I, – I don't know. He just – he didn't get it done at Florida, and, and so far he's been average at, at South Carolina, which, I mean, South Carolina, like I said, you're not going to be great there, you know, anyway. What what kind of – before we talk about the game, what are your thoughts on Will Muschamp, Jake? I know I'm throwing you <laughs> a curveball there, but – Well, you know, we really – we've talked about the saving coaching tree, and, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of – a lot of great coaches that's come that's coached under Saban who's gone on to lead their own team and and be very successful. I mean, we look at what Kirby Smart has done, even though he can't beat us, which is great. And uh, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm still kind of we're still kind of iffy on Jeremy Pruitt because he's got his hands full of Tennessee right now, but he didn't make the mess. So you know, but when you know, Muschamp and Jim McElwain are the only two I can think of who you know, who went to SEC schools and really underperformed or, or had lived up to the hop at the moment. So, you know, um, I, I, he's a, he's a, he's a great defensive minded coach, but I think, I think his, you know, where he needs to be as a defense coordinator. I don't know if he's, if he's got the head coaching mentality. Yeah. And, and at South Carolina, like I said, it's hard to kind of tell. I, yeah, I mean, at a place like that, I think you got to give a guy like six years to really see what they're made of. Yeah, that's a good point. And to, to touch on Jeremy Pruitt, I want to I want to bring up our friends at the uh, the Talk of Champions podcast. Mm-hmm. They, I think they hit the nail on the head. What Tennessee needs to do is make fat Phil Former get his fat chunky 
donut covered fingers off the program and let Jeremy Pruitt take over. I agree with a hundred percent. That is the Achilles heel of Tennessee football right now is, is fat Phil. Yeah. I think they're, they're getting payback for, for all he's done in his career that he's a sorry, he's a sorry human being in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He backstabbed Johnny majors. And of course, all of them fans know what he did when he, when he, you know, turned them in and all that. And just, uh, I can't stand that man. Yeah. So what Tennessee needs to do is, is, is kick fat field to the curb and let Jeremy Pruitt try to run his program. And if he fails, he fails, but at least he fails on his terms. Exactly. No, yeah, I think I think Phil is just you know wanting um, Pruitt to fail. Well, he he wants he wants total control. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I, anyway, that's enough about Fat Phil. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Not just for one episode, for all episodes. It's enough Fat Phil talk. Yes, until the Tennessee game, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, Jake, moving on to this game, we have. We've we've uh, jumped jumped a lot of branches here. Uh, kind of, what's your initial thoughts of the game tomorrow? You know, I I think um, offense is really going to shine. You know, a lot of a lot of South Carolina people and and a lot of you know a couple news outlets have been uh, saying the ties on upset alert, but and a lot of South Carolina fans have built you know buying into it. But I'm sorry, guys, y'all y'all will not you know y'all y'all won't have a chance you know you might keep it close uh for you know maybe a quarter or two but other than that we're, we're gonna blow you out of the water uh, i expect the second string to be in probably maybe mid third to late third and, and play all the fourth and um you know i i'm i'm really excited to uh to see um see what what kind of offense we're going to run again like well like i said earlier we need to I think we need to get some motion with our receivers to let them get full full stride real quick. I mean, like I said, we can't catch them. And uh, I hope we do some more like wide receiver uh, screens or maybe like a shuffle pass or whatever like we did and uh, just let them take off. Um, I'm ready, you know, I've been really impressed with, um, of course, we talked about Shane Lee and Christian Harris. I'm excited to see how they're going to do in a, I mean, really, South Carolina is a tough place to play at. Yeah, they've been down, but but it's always loud there. So how are they going to how they going to drown out the noise and get their get their guys in position uh, before the play starts? I'm excited to see how that goes. And man, really, I I don't think it's going to be close. I, I think I said maybe 48 to 10, and uh, on uh, Twitter this week, I can't really remember, but uh, that's how I kind of see it going. Okay, yeah. You know, one thing I, I I feel like tomorrow, which we're recording this podcast on Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like tomorrow afternoon that the the Alabama run game is going to show up. Yeah, I think I think Najee Harris, I think Brian Robinson are going to have big games. I think I think two is going to do two of things, but I think the ground game is going to really take off tomorrow. Uh, North Carolina was able to run the ball. On, on South Carolina, that they ran the ball 52 times for 238 yards. That's nice. a 4.6 yard per carry average. If, if North Carolina can do that, Alabama ought to be able to run the ball on, on South Carolina. So I, I yeah. think the run game is going to be uh, crucial tomorrow. I'm with you. I think South Carolina will obviously come out and play with a lot of motion to begin the game. So Alabama's got to weather that early storm. Uh, 
you know, in Columbia. And like Jake said, it's going to be a hostile environment. South Carolina always does a good job in their home games. But they, their fans are loud and wild and crazy. Uh, and it's a 2.30 kickoff, so it's going to be, you know, hotter than hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel sorry for the guys on that. But uh, I, I feel like the run game is going to take over. And, and, and I'm with you. I think by the, t- by the time the third quarter rolls around, the, the game's going to be out of hand. Uh, South Carolina, more or less, would have th- going to be thrown in the towel by the end, and, and Alabama will be rolling Mac Jones out there and, and, and other guys to uh, to get some more reps. So, I mean, yeah. I think the game's going to be something like like Jake said. I'm thinking like 45 to 10 is more what I'm saying, pretty much the same as Jake. What we right. kind of have the same feel about this game that it'll probably be over with about halfway through the third quarter. And, you know, I just now thought about this, but I kind of see it playing out kind of like Ole Miss's game last year. We went down there to Ole Miss, and uh, they they like got a quick touchdown. I think it was last year. It might have been a year before. Yeah, yeah it was last got, year. Yeah, they got a quick touchdown, but it, that's all they got, and Alabama rolled away with it. So, I mean, I could I could potentially see that uh, happen tomorrow. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina gets the ball first. And uh, and they score a quick touchdown, but after that, it's all it's all on cruise control. After that, that would not surprise me if that happened. I just don't see a scenario where um, where South Carolina can consistently get stops on this offense. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, I don't see a true freshman quarterback being able to generate enough offense. As talented as he is, and as talented as some of his wideouts are, and they got Tavion uh, Feaster at running back, the Clemson transfer. They got yeah. some talented weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, uh, you know uh, Brian Edwards is is, is a big time receiver. Uh, so and he he's going to create some mismatch problems. He's he's built in that Alshon Jeffrey type frame, the six three, two hundred fifteen pound guy. So uh, it'll be interesting, you know, him matched up with Sartain and uh, and Diggs on the outside. So that'll be interesting to watch when when South Carolina has the ball. Mm-hmm. But I just I just don't see them being able to generate enough offense to uh to keep up with Alabama yeah I agree you know it's it's gonna be a fun game especially if you're an Alabama fan <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a 230 kick on CBS uh we look forward to that uh we hope y'all enjoyed the podcast uh before we go make sure you follow our podcast on Twitter at Todd talk underscore pod Tweet at us using the hashtag Tide Talk. If there's anything you want us to talk about, just let us know. Like, reply, retweet, all that good stuff on Twitter. And we appreciate all the support we have on there. Make sure you follow my personal account as well. It's at Blackwood89. And I'm at J. Thomas Tide. All right, guys. Hey, we appreciate all the support. And uh, we hope you all have a good night and roll tide. Roll tide.